So Jennifer, you've told us about a lot of trouble getting information initially, and I know that all along the way you had a hard time getting records, but there were some people in this case that really stood out to help you, and I know you, you just had just mentioned that OIG was one of them. So that's Office of the Inspector General? Yes. And were they easier to work with than some of the other correctional folks? Was it a completely different world with them, or like tell me about how they were helping you along the way. Yeah, it was a completely different experience. So um, I uh, was, I met the um, two inspectors that were um, initially assigned this case uh, 11 days after um, the attack. And I had to drive um, three hours to meet them. And, uh, and you know, up, I've heard you've, we've heard stories of all these cover-ups and DOC and, and, you know, the inspect, you know, at, at the time and in three years ago at that time, there was a lot of news um, going on around, you know, specifically the inspector general's office covering up. And so, um, so I'm driving to meet with these two guys and I literally prayed for three hours all the way there. Like, Lord, when I get there, like really, show me whether or not I can trust these men, you know, do I, do I open up and share with them everything or are they just going to cover it up? Right. And so I prayed all the way there and, and I go and I, and I meet with them and sit down and, um, and it was just obvious from the second that we sat down, they just, they were, you know, these two men that had been in law enforcement for 20, 30 years, um, they were soft and they were God-fearing men and they just wanted to see justice in this case, right? And and we spoke for a few hours. I can't remember exactly how long, but they were so compassionate. Um, and there was, obviously, it was, it was an investigation, so there was very little, if anything, that they could tell me. Um, but... I was really calmed at that moment. I was, I trusted that they were out to seek the truth and, and they both promised me that they weren't, they weren't, you know, they weren't going to cover anything up, that they were going to, to, um, to do whatever they could to, to find the truth here. They didn't make any promises to me at that time. You know, they, they didn't, um, give me any information as to whether or not they thought that Darren had, you know, caused anything or um, that the officers involved, you know, were guilty. Like they didn't say anything like that, but but just the sense was that they had seen an injustice. They had seen something that was very, very wrong and that... Um, and that in order to live with themselves and to have, you know, be able to live with their conscience, that they had to do something about it. And they obviously worked really hard to make that happen. And then another person who was really instrumental in this case was Shannon Watts, who was the secret, former secretary to Michael Baxter. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure at what point in the process she came forward, but I know that her testimony was pretty key in this case. Right. Um, do you think you could have gotten to where you are and gotten to this resolution and this sentencing without her? I don't think so. Um, I think just given the optics of the case, 
you know. Um, unfortunately, even when people don't believe they're racist, they're they're there's this underlying bias you know you grew up in the south I grew up in the south and and you just look at certain people differently right um you have a sense that law enforcement's law enforcement they're always right and an inmate's an inmate right they're just kind of the lowest of the low um and Miss Watts you know it's when I when I heard the story um I've never met I haven't met or talked with her ever but um, <clears throat> when I heard why she came forward that, you know, that she couldn't sleep, that she kept hearing his wailing and his crying, that she kept being able to see that, you know, that's something that my mother and I prayed for every single day is that witnesses would come forward, that they would not be able to live with themselves, that they would continue to see Darren when they were awake and when they were asleep and that they would have nightmares and that they would not be able to live with their conscience. And so on one side, I was relieved, obviously, to have this witness. But at the same time, I felt so sorry for her, right? Like compassion for her because she lives in a small community. And, uh, and you know, her husband works in corrections as well. He's near retirement. Um, you know, Mr. You know Baxter's wife and her were best friends. So not only was she going against the, you know, we all stick together theme of the Florida Department of Corrections, but she was also just ruining her, her a relationship with a very longtime friend. And then, you know, knowing that she was going to be ostracized in her community and even her church, right? And so, um, I mean, it it showed a lot of courage on her part. And um, I truly believe without her testimony, it would have been a very hard case.